welcome back to episode seven of Faith in the Fire. I am your host, Noelle Lynn, and I'm excited to get into today's topic. So last week we covered uh, answering God's call on your life and how to tell if it's really God's call. And we talked a lot about the fruits of the Spirit and kind of what all to look for when you're trying to go God's way. This week, we're going to talk about pride and how pride interferes with your ability to answer God's call and how it can interfere in the midst of you answering God's call by causing chaos and confusion. So scientifically, the explanation of pride is that it comes in two forms. Uh, and it, Scientific America describes pride this way. Pride is a pleasurable emotion that arises when people feel good about themselves. It can bring out both the best and the worst in human nature. It appears to manifest as one of two types, hubristic pride and authentic pride. Both types appear to facilitate the attainment of power and high status. Hubristic pride can harm mental health and damage friendships. However, whereas authentic pride can motivate achievement and concern for others. So hubristic pride is where you find the narcissists, right? And that's where you find the the dangerous type of pride where they're never wrong and they make you feel wrong. You'll see a lot of gaslighting. Authentic pride, it, scientifically, they are saying that it can motivate achievement and concern for others. I have questions about that because biblically, uh, what it what we learn is that pride is the very first sin and it is the most serious sin. So pride is what made Eve eat that apple, right? She wanted the knowledge of, you know, whiz and wisdom of, of God. It wanted, she wanted to be like God, right? And so pride is our greatest problem, uh, not the devil. And, and in the Bible, it says that God hates pride. Proverbs 11, two says when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And Proverbs 16, five says the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. And Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. And guys, pride is serious. In James 4, 6, it says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you are prideful, he actually comes against you. And I don't know about you, but the one guy I don't want coming against me is God. And it, it also says the way up is down. So um, pride is is super deceptive. And I think that we think that pride does something for us, but it really does the opposite. It It is destructive. Uh, there are actually 50 fruits of pride. So last year we called, we called out the um, fruits of the spirit. And there are actually 50 fruits of pride. Pride. I'm going to list some of them because I think it's important and I think it's eye-opening because we may not recognize some of these as being a fruit of pride. So uh, one of the fruits is self-sufficient. Uh, you're self-sufficient in the way you live. You have no awareness of your dependence on God. Uh, you're often anxious about your life. You tend to not trust God and you, re you rarely experience his peace. You're overly self-conscious. You replay in your mind how you did, what you said, uh, how others perceive you. Uh, number four is you fear man more than God. You make decisions based on others' thoughts versus God's thoughts. Uh, you worry more about uh, what man is going to think of what you're doing versus what God has called you to do. I love this picture of Noah because Noah feared 
uh, what people were going to think. He's building a boat. It's never rained, but he's saying God said it's going to rain. And so he's building this boat. And he had a lot of fear about what people thought, but he had to humble himself and do what God said. And, you know, uh, he was ultimately shown to be, you know, God prevailed in, in that situation. But he definitely had that same thought. Uh, number five, you often feel insecure. Uh, you don't want to try new things or step out into uh, the uncomfortable situations. Um, for for sure, like I think we all we all uh, suffer from that. Six, you regularly compare yourself to others. You are performance oriented. Man, was I guilty of this? I was checking boxes. I had to make sure that I was, you know, on top. And that I was, you know, const- I constantly had somebody that I was competing with. You become self-critical. You tend to be, to be a perfectionist. That was me as well. Number eight, you desire, you desire to receive credit and recognition for what you do rather than giving the credit and the recognition and the glory to God. Uh, nine, you want people to be impressed with you. You like to make your accomplishments known. Ten, you tend to be deceptive about yourself. You find yourself lying to preserve your reputation. You especially hide your weaknesses, your sins, and you don't want people to know who you really are. This is huge, and I'm going to talk a lot about this one later on. I think that so many people, especially men, struggle with this, like hiding their weaknesses. And I think that as a society, we just need to, we just need to understand that everybody has weaknesses and we need to celebrate those. And we need to celebrate how other people can come alongside of us in our weakness and, and help to strengthen us and and be our strength in moments where we can't be strong. And it just really can, it could be a, it could be potential for us to have really, really strong relationships, but our pride gets in the way. Uh, number 11, selfishly ambitious. You really want to get ahead. You like having position or title. I'll be honest, this was me. Uh, this was me. And this is why I originally became an AP. I wanted to, I wanted to have, I wanted to, you know, prove to people that I was going to be somebody. And I wanted that title. Uh, 12, you're overly competitive. Hi, me again. Uh, you, you always want to win. I, I tell you what, you know, my first, my first marriage, like, early on, like we got in a huge fight over Uno, uh, just over Uno because I, I wanted to win. So yeah, that's me. Number 13, you like to be the center of attention and will say or do things to draw attention to yourself. 14, you like to talk, especially about yourself or persons or things you are involved with. You would rather speak than listen. This is me also. Um, I like to, but, but it comes from a, an oddly good place. I like to talk and I like to be heard because I I think that I'm helping. And I think that we all fall into this. I think this is very cultural, very societal. Um, it's an issue that is, uh, that is running rampant in our, in across the world. Uh, I think I'm helping by speaking or offering advice or my experience. And sometimes that's not what people want. Sometimes they just want you to listen. 15, you are self-serving. When asked to do something, you find yourself asking, how will doing this help me or will I be inconvenienced? Um, I think that is a huge one in our society as well. I see it in my kids a lot, my younger kids, and I have to, I'm fighting this, that one right now. Number 16, you are not very excited about seeing or making others successful. You tend to feel envious, jealous, or critical towards those who are doing well. Women, wake up. That's us. 
Uh, 17, you feel special or superior because of what you have, uh, a house of physical, spiritual, or, or intellectual gift, um, your, your accolades, you know, those, those certificates that you frame and put on a wall, uh, make you feel special or superior. Uh, 18, you think highly of yourself. You think yourself more mature, gifted, etc. than, or in most situations, uh, 19, you tend to give yourself credit for who you are or what you accomplish. No glory is given to God. You don't recognize the fact or even pay tribute to the fact that you are nothing without God. 20, you tend to be self-righteous. You can think uh, that you really have something to offer God. So what this means is that instead of God being your source, you're like, you know, God, if you would put me in this spot or if you would make this happen, you know, I could really do something for you. Uh, that's a dangerous place to be as well. 21, you feel deserving or entitled to what you have. So you have that job and you're like, well, I worked hard for it. Well, God puts people in positions, not you. Uh, you have money and it's, well, I worked hard for it. Mm, every, every good gift comes from God. So no matter how hard you worked for it, if God didn't want you to have it or did, didn't want to give it to you, you wouldn't have it. And so sometimes we get in that entitled mindset. 22, you're ungrateful. You know, I love the, the things that people post on Facebook that say like, you know, two years ago or five years ago, um, you wished to be in this exact place that you're complaining about now. And so I think that we tend to get ungrateful and we forget how we used to pray ourselves into these places and we need to, we need to be grateful for where we're at, but pride makes us ungrateful. 23, you wallow in self-pity. You're consumed with how you're treated by God and others. You feel that you are, uh, you have been served some sort of injustice and life isn't fair and uh, you should have instead of the other person having. Um, your life is so hard. It's because of your past or your parents or your this or your that that you don't have. That's the wallowing in self-pity. 24, you can be jealous or envious of others. We see this in our society all over the place. And 25, you're pretty insensitive to others. It's hard for you to relate to their feelings uh, because you actually are so consumed with yourself um, and prideful that you aren't even able to see somebody else's uh, suffering or somebody else's position. So that's 25 of the 50 fruits of the spirit. There's some good ones. Um, if you have a chance to Google uh, fruit, not fruits of the spirit, fruits of pride, um, I would Google it because there's some there's some good ones. I know I'm I'm guilty of many of these. I know we all are. It, it was the first sin, people, and we're born into sin. And so it's only natural for it to be, you know, the, the most serious sin. Uh, so let's talk about how pride keeps you from walking in your calling or being successful while walking in your calling. So let's start with my mishaps. Uh, and I'm going to be pretty transparent here. So um, judge if you want, but uh, I actually don't care. So one of my first mishaps happened in parenting. And if you have kids, that's your calling. You're called to steward those children well. And I did not get that memo. I just want you to know, I did not get that memo. I felt what my kids did or said was a direct reflection of me. And so I was constantly putting pressure on them to be a certain way or to not be or do certain things. And I know that a lot of parents are guilty of this. Uh, and it's easy to fall into this trap. But that, what, what that did was it led me to constantly, I was constantly trying to prevent their mistakes, trying to control their choices, leaving them virtually zero opportunity uh, to, to learn through their mistakes. And a lot of times we learn best 
through our mistakes. And it just created this codependence of my children on me. And later on, it was funny how this happened. I became super frustrated by the fact that my kids relied on me so much. And it turned into this vicious cycle that left all of us in a state of resentment. And resentment is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place to be. And so what I had to do was I actually had to release my children and my parenting to God. Again, that's getting over myself. This isn't about me. My kids are not here for me. My kids have their own assignment, their own purpose, uh, God-given purpose, not not mom-given purpose. And so I had to actually release them to God. And I had to remember that they are his kids. He loves them more than I ever could. And I'm just here to steward them. They're a gift to me that I have to steward. They are not for me. As a matter of fact, every single human being on this planet is for God. We bring him joy. We bring him pleasure. And so I'm doing the best with what I know to do. And I have to humble myself daily and lead on, lean on God uh, for his wisdom. Because these kids are crazy. I mean, crazy. And let's be real. We don't really know what we're doing, parents. Like We're out here flying by the seat of our pants and we're, there's no manual. They're bringing us things that we didn't have to deal with as a kid, especially with all this social media drama and this, that, the other. And so we are literally out here just trying to make it. And so we need to lean on his wisdom, not our own, because he knows what to do and we don't. And I, I want to remind you, one of the most freeing reminders that I received from a church friend and this truly revealed my pride and I'm a, I'm about to expose some of y'all. My friend said, "Do you really think you have that much power that your that your perfect um or imperfect parenting has the ability to derail God's plan for your children's lives? Do you really think that you are that important or powerful or all-knowing that what you do or you don't do could trump what God does or doesn't do in your kids' lives. And this is our pride, fully at work and fully visible, folks. The fact that we believe and we put so much pressure on ourselves to be that perfect parent and we think that we're going to make a mistake or we're going to screw them up. We can't. We're not that important. We're not that powerful. And so let that kind of get rid of your pride or kill your pride a little bit and put you back in your place. You are not that important. You're not. Your kids are going to be who you're, who God intends your kids to be, whether you screw it up or not. So there you go. There's some freedom for you. But also another area I've made blunders by serving myself instead of God is in my career. And I've had a lot of these, but in my most recent career change where um, I've taken a position as an assistant principal, I had to really humble myself because I really didn't want to be back in education. And, and now I see the fruit of the spirit kind of coming through. And I'm so glad that I was able to humble myself. But in the past, like I, I became the productivity coach at Keller Williams uh, and I completely misinterpreted God's calling. And what I wanted to do was be a coach. And so I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And so I became the productivity coach because that was the first available opportunity that I saw. And I did that against God's will. And during that time, guys, there was so much overwhelm 
um, there was a complete disruption of my peace, my family life, and my boundaries in general. The, that position as productivity coach completely left me disconnected from my family, my friends, the man in my life. Um, and I, I was neglectful of all of those relationships, my health, uh, my spiritual life. Uh, I was completely distracted from everything. Uh, my phone was constantly in my face. I know that there were times where I was, you know, trying to have a date night and my phone was constantly blowing up. And I know it was a frustration when I was trying to have family game night. And I hold on, guys, I just got to I got to answer this call from an agent. Like it was a complete distraction. And um, and we're going to be talking about distractions on the next episode because I feel like we think our phones are the only things that distract us. And I'm, I use my phone as an example, but we can actually be distracted by our jobs. We can be distracted by our kids and we can even be distracted by church. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, next week. So this was another, um, blunder where I, I did what I wanted to do and it wasn't God's will, and I ended up really hurting a lot of those relationships. Um, but I bring up these examples because in both examples, there was chaos and confusion uh, running rampant in my life. I found myself running in circles, chasing fires to put out, uh, slapping band-aids on issues uh, that the roots just really ran deeper than what I had an ability to, to address at that time. Um, and very quickly, um, I, I was becoming resentful. And all because of pride. I wanted to be the perfect family with, or sorry, the perfect parent with uh, perfect children. I wanted to have all the answers. I wanted to coach when and where I wanted to coach. I didn't want to wait for God's perfect plan to transpire. So in true Noel fashion, I took the hard road and came out with a lot more bumps and bruises than God intended. And that's what pride does to us, guys. We think we are self-preserving, protecting, and hiding. But what we're really doing is keeping ourselves from experiencing the fruits of of the spirit that are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Pride is destruction, guys. What we all long to experience is the feeling of being free to be our true and authentic selves. But pride allows us to feel safe in our hiding place, but it also prevents us from experiencing what we're truly out there, out here to experience, right? We're, we're wanting to be known. We're wanting to be loved and we're wanting to be accepted. So sometimes we just got to let go and let God, we got to take that risk. We need to get emotionally naked. Uh, we need to let someone see us in all of our beautiful mess and be confident in knowing that they're equally as beautifully messy. We're not out here. We're not the only ones that are screwed up, guys. We live in a broken world. So give someone the gift of humility by being first to be humble. Invite them in and see how much deeper your relationship goes. See how much more growth you make in your career. Uh, how much more desirable be you become in every aspect of your life. People will be drawn to you guys. This is, I, I think this is key. And, and this is where you get to make the most impact. So in closing, kick pride to the curb. I promise you, it'll all be fine. You'll be fine. Everything will be fine. You just got to have faith in the fire. Mm-hmm.